Hello friends, welcome to another episode of Tales of Recovery. My name is Gris Alves and you are going to be blown away by today's guest, the magical being beautiful Callan Leather. She is an intuitive graphic designer and a shadow alchemist and I've been following her journey along social media and I've gotten the privilege to work with her and she's just blown my mind and I really am excited to have you on today, Callan. So welcome yeah, to the show. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, so I want, um, I don't know if all of the listeners here are going to know about, you know, shadow alchemism and what intuitive graphic design means. I am certainly a little bit new to this, but I, not really new, it's like a discovery that, you know, I kind of already knew, but I want to definitely have you explain that to us. So that's going to be amazing. Before we get to that. Tell us a little bit about kind of how uh, you got to where you are right now, like where you're from, what you studied, or how you got to be a freelance graphic design. Yeah, so um, I grew up in Maryland, right outside of DC, and um, kind of through my whole journey of life was sort of like a wild card, always doing my own thing um, and doing things kind of differently than the general population would. Um, and as such, when I went to college, I um, kind of just went because um, that was what you were supposed to do. Right. And so I went to the College of Charleston in South Carolina, and that was um, a really amazing place to be. And um, when I was like looking at choosing my major and stuff like that, I just kind of chose based on what I was interested in rather than necessarily like thinking about a career choice. And with that, I chose psychology, which ended up being like the best major I could have possibly chosen for myself. Mm. Um, and so I super loved that that topic because I loved I loved hearing about how the human brain works and how our psyche works and the mind and programming and kind of treating the brain like a, almost like a organic computer. Um, and thinking about it that way kind of made more sense for me. So um, I really liked that. And then um, after college, I spent a year trying to figure out what I wanted to do for work. And I lived another year in Charleston and just really couldn't find anything that I was passionate about. So um, I moved home and I ended up running a fitness studio. Um, I ran a bar studio for a year. Nice. Um, Yeah, it was a really interesting experience. And I got to learn a lot about how to run a business and um, relationship building and the importance of that in uh, in sales and how it's actually more about you know building relationships than it is about um, selling a product or a service. Right. And um, because I was you know managing the studio, I was able to have some flexibility in my schedule, but at the same time, I was still feeling like um, I was streaming for someone else. So there was still this like sense of dissatisfaction. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, at at some point, I um, I dug a little bit deeper by joining a business coaching program with a friend of mine who I had gone to college with. Um, and in that program, she was like, "Well, you've been doing this free, freelance graphic design thing for um, a little while now, which is something that I had been, you know, I just self-taught myself in college." Um, and she's like, well, why don't you make that 
kind of like your your gig. Like, why, why don't you make that your thing um, and turn that into your full-time job if you're trying to pursue something? You know, that, that seems like the most accurate avenue for you right now. And, like, something just kind of clicked when she said that. Um, and I realized that not only was I, like, passionate about creativity and, and creating things for people, but I also loved this idea that I could be creating my own schedule and my own business and I could work from anywhere because it would be, you know, some, a skill that I could take on the road and then I could move or I could travel and my, my wheels started spinning about all the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to kind of just like take that leap, which was really exciting and create the Gobi universe as it is today. Yeah, that's great. I mean, so, um, so much better than having to work for someone who work for yourself wherever, wherever you want to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, working in a fitness studio was really great, but it was also super hard because I was teaching 12 bar classes a week and working almost 50 hours a week, hanging out at the studio from 5 a.m. some mornings until 8 p.m. some nights. And it was just like, it was long, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, yeah. Did you, did they teach you there how to do the bar fitness or? Yeah, that was really fun. So um, that was kind of uh, included in um, our agreement was that she was going to teach me how to, uh, I was going to get certified in teaching bar. Um, and that was really fun. And I was actually able to create this whole program called Jump, too, um, where you have these, like, rounded bottoms. They look like ski boots. And they, they're, like, bouncy boots. And um, I, like, designed this whole, like, dancing fitness class around that. It's a 30-minute cardio exercise. It was really, really fun. Um, <laughs> probably the only cardio you could ever catch me doing as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's great. Mm-hmm. So you start then to um, to think about opening up your own business, going freelance. After the business coaching class, is that when you just jump ship and start doing it? Or how did that process go? Yeah, so um, it was a six-week program that I kind of joined in on um, called Dreamcatcher Immersion. And um, it was really amazing. I mean, I kind of came in with this idea of, um, I wanted a lifestyle change, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do business-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when she kind of gave me this idea of like, hey, you can use these skills right now that you have to create a business, um, I think it was about four weeks into the program, I uh, sent an email to my boss, I quit my job, um, I gave, you know, I gave her a month's notice, which was good. Um, and so, I, you know, I had my final month of working there and um, was able to like tie up some loose and and really get my you know feet on the ground running about um, finding new branding clients and kind of developing what I what it was that I wanted to create. So you started to um, just promote yourself on Instagram, Facebook. How did you get your first clients? Yeah, so um, I ended up getting my first clients actually as other. Um, attendees of this business program. So they were kind of reaching out to me and being like, hey, I, you know, I, I need a logo because we're all creating businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, could you help me? So that was my first few clients. Um, I remember my first month of business, I made $75. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a slow this is, start. This is a okay. start. 
this is a start, you know, like, great. Um, and not really knowing what I, what I wanted to charge or not knowing necessarily what I was worth um, was a really interesting journey of discovering that. Right. And I realized that the more practice I got creating logos, the more comfortable I got. And the more comfortable I got with the conversation around money, because I feel like that was a really hard thing for me to learn. Mm. Um, telling people what it was that I thought I was worth and letting them have their experience about it. You know, whether it was uh, fuck yes and like a, you know, yeah, let's work together. Or if it was like a, oh, uh, I wasn't expecting that, you know, and just mm-hmm. not taking whatever their reaction was on as um, something that had to do with me, you know? Yeah, for sure. That was yeah. one of the biggest things. Yeah. That's definitely a hard one as an entrepreneur, but yeah, um, yeah. But I, you're so worth it. I mean, the because yes, Colin created my amazing mm-hmm. Grease Alvis Wellness Coach logo, Spirit Warrior logo, and I love it. I think he did a phenomenal job. So I, um, I recommend everyone to contact you <laughs> <laughs> for their grant. Thank design. you. I super appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that okay, was a so fun one to create. It was. Yeah, I had a good time working with you on that. So then how do you move on to, okay, so now you're knowing, you know, what the, what the proper energy exchange is, you're owning your worth. How does this process evolve? Because, and you know, I'm, of course, I've been an entrepreneur, I'm leaving this job. So I'm kind of like aware of the process that it takes to get to a place where you're like, this is how much I charge. If people say, no, that's not my client. It's okay. Right. Yeah. But it takes work. So how like what other um, obstacles did you have to overcome to get there? And also tell us how did then that turn into intuitive graphic design versus just, you know, regular graphic design? Yeah. So um, I'll start with the intuitive journey first, because I feel like that's kind of what led into this, like, comfortability around the um, self-worth piece as well. Okay. So um, I think it was like my first two or three months of, I think it was the first two months of doing design work and branding. Um, I was just doing branding. So it was basically like someone would come to me with an idea and I would just make it for them. Uh, There was no real conversation about, you know, if it fit them, if it did these things. And um, that's when, you know, at some point I was like working with this one client she had no idea what she wanted and she was having a really hard time like figuring it out. And I was like, okay, how can I best serve this client? So I sat in meditation and, um, you know, I've always had these intuitive gifts like since I was really young. And, um, I feel like throughout my journey, I haven't really like ever shut them down. I'm more just, um, serve them with only myself. So instead of like turning them off completely, I kind of would um, only express them when I was alone. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, when I was, you know, starting when I was in college is when I started to kind of come out of the closet, so to speak, with my spiritual gifts. And my my best friend and I um, would do tarot and oracle card readings in our living room for each other, for ourselves, just kind of in front of each other. We were like learning everything that we could. Um, and we both read this book called The Secret History of the World by Mark Booth. And if you haven't read it, then I highly recommend it. It was like kind of blew my um, head open. The so Secret History of the World is called? Yeah. Um, okay. Basically, this, this guy met with a bunch of um, 
leaders of secure societies. So like the um, Freemasons and, you know, groups like that. Yeah. And was able to like learn a bunch of their, the knowledge that they have stored away. That's kind of like their secret knowledge. And he compiled it into one book and kind of talks about all those things. Oh, cool. So it's a really, really interesting book. I've read it probably eight times now. Wow. <laughs> it's really good. I'm going to have to get it. Um, yeah. It's one of those books that reads you, you know, so you like pick up new things each time you read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when I was, you know, starting to work with this, this new client who had no idea what she was looking for in a branding piece, I was like, okay, like how do I best serve this particular situation? Um, how do I kind of come up with an idea that would be good for her? And um, so I got on a call with her and I actually walked her through a visualization that just kind of impulsively came out of me or intuitively came out of me yes. um, where I had her kind of close her eyes and step through a portal into her like sacred space and um, just kind of describe what that was like for me. So I could get a really good feel of her energy and her essence. And um, once I did that, it was like, I was like automatically in tune with exactly what she was looking for. And this like vision came to me of um, a plume feather with uh, this bow and arrow, you know, she had this business called um, warrior storytellers Mm -hmm. and this like whole idea came to me of the plume feather being the arrow of her bow and arrow. And it just kind of blew up into this bigger vision and it was like so spot on for her. And I was like, oh, this is what I need to be doing with every single client, <laughs> whether they know what they want or not. Yeah. Uh, tuning into them energetically is going to be way more beneficial because I can create something that's more accurate. Right. So the intuitive graphic design um, came from a place of, of, un- of understanding that if you're just branding to brand in your business, then people are going to come to you you know, for me, for example, um, when I work with a client, if they come to me with just this idea, typically what happens if I just create that idea for them is that they'll come back to me in a few months and be like, hey, I want to change this because um, it doesn't feel like it resonates anymore. Right. But if I actually connect with somebody deeper on their, their soul level, on their energetic level of, or their essence of who they are, and I can capture that and create that into a brand, then you're never going to get tired of it. And it's also going to it's going to have the room in its identity to encompass you in your growth. If that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Especially, especially if like, you know, soul led entrepreneurs, like we want our business to be able to grow with us as we grow. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So then you start doing intuitive. um, And these, I mean, I like that you said that this information comes when you're meditating. So you have a, have you always meditated? What's your meditation practice? Because I know you also practice yoga. Have you mm-hmm. always done this? Or, or maybe you could just tell us a little bit about sure. that and how you first um, yeah. yeah, so um, when I was growing up, I, um, I was a pretty temperamental kid yeah. and uh, had these like, really big mood swings. And one of the ways that my mom uh, taught me to cope with them was... I don't even know if she knew that it was a meditative practice, but she would like have me lay down and think about relaxing my body um, in these like very incremental um, spaces. So like, you know, my little toe to my big toe to my ankle and like these tiny little sections of my body, relaxing each of them as I moved all the way up to my head. 
And kind of that would put me into this like meditative state. So I was awake, but I was totally focused on the present. And that became like a really important tool for me moving forward because I am super sensitive. And I've been told that I'm intense my whole life. I've been told that I'm too sensitive my whole life. Um, And so this tool has been a really awesome friend to me in those times when I'm feeling overwhelmed or super sensitive. I can kind of just like snap into it because I was taught it at such a young age to just relax the body and be like, okay, like you feel okay, you know? Let's come back to center, like pull all the pieces in. They're kind of all thrilling around um, and use that. And then when I found um, formal like yoga practices, that was like middle of college. Um, So yoga and meditative practices, um, it was like my mind was like blown open. You know, I was able to really tap into these new levels of creativity and um, just my intuitive ability, you know, yes. because there was like actual, actual guidance throughout that process. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Cool. Yeah. So now I want to, I want to know, and like, I want you to explain us two things. First, shadow alchemist, because I know you have a shadow alchemist program that I've seen you run. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about what it means and then what what would we learn if we jump into your program? Awesome. Yeah. Um, so shadow alchemy is, um, basically if you, if you take apart the two words, um, the word alchemy is basically the the transmutation process from one thing into something else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and typically it's thought of about like, you know, making gold or something like that. But for me, I think of it more about the shadow and the shadow comes from, Um, Carl Jung's theory of the persona versus the shadow. So the persona being the sides of oneself that they like to show the world. So that's like, you know, all of the pieces of themselves that they're really proud of and they want people to identify with them. Right. Um, And then the shadow being those things about your personality that you want to hide or suppress. And um, basically in this theory, in this program, the shadow alchemy program, it's Um, realizing that these sides of ourselves that we want to suppress or hide or deny are actually really crucial and beautiful parts of ourselves. We've just simply been taught not to express them. Right. So because we've been taught not to express them, we do want to hide them and deny them and and kind of suppress them. And then they come out sideways. So for example, like (laughs) as a female who might be super intelligent, um, when you've been taught, you know, from a young age that you shouldn't express that, um, then you might like suppress that intelligence and it might come out as a little bit later sideways as condescending, or it might come out as, you know, passive aggressive. Um, so there's like different ways that it can come out and that would be the shadow aspect, if that makes sense. Interesting. Oh, it totally makes sense. We're so programmed to be quiet that it makes sense that these you know, they would manifest in a way that maybe is not wholesome or productive because you've been told that you mm-hmm. can't say that or express that or feel yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. So and then, so, go ahead. Mm-hmm. So the, the process of shadow alchemy is then, um, it's basically not only identifying the shadow aspects within yourself, so those things that you are trying to 
hide or denied or, or don't feel safe expressing. Mm-hmm. But it's then identifying the ways in which they do come out sideways. So that would be like the condescending or the passive aggression or um, shutting down the system, you know, those kinds of things. And then learning a new pattern. So identifying the story is really important in this as well. So discovering where it came from, um, doing some inner child work, and then through that, being able to create a new story for yourself or a new programming for yourself and saying, okay, like I would like this to actually come out in a more authentic way. You know, I would love to share my intelligence with the world more authentically. Of course, Um, yeah. And being able to do that from a different space, so kind of creating this new version of you that encompasses all parts of your being, not just the um, ones that you've been taught are okay. Right. That's so cool. Um, yeah. So then does this, um, how do you do this process? You just, do you have people meditate? Do you just have them journal? Um, yeah. So um, I take them through my shadow alchemy program, which is typically a six month um, one-on-one coaching intensive mm-hmm. and through that uh, clients of mine get four um, one-on-one calls for four one-on-one sessions a month mm-hmm. they also get unlimited kind of around the clock access or support from me via text mm-hmm. um, and I provide like some little like gifts and oracle card readings and stuff like that along the way as well and um, Basically, we're just, we're in it for the long haul. You know, we take a six month process of uncovering these truths about the self. And so in the coaching calls, we actually dive deep into those areas. And I like to start with um, people identifying like what's not going well in their lives Mm -hmm. and kind of some goals that they'd like to achieve. Mm -hmm. Those things are too, you're usually connected. Um, And kind of diving deep into why these things aren't going well or what's in the way. And I use a bunch of different energy techniques to help people come to those conclusions on their own, or I can tap in and um, kind of help them see where they are currently and then create those steps towards getting where they want to go. That's so cool. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You millennials are killing it. <laughs> millennials, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, okay, so <laughs> now, you know, when you do, when you mentioned that you do some oracle card readings, tell us yeah. a little bit about, well, the difference between oracle cards and tarot cards. And I mean, I come from a background of, it's kind of religious where I grew up. Religious, but also a lot mm-hmm. of, um, also not religious, Mexican, Santeria, and all these amazing things. But really, the message for us as program beings was don't do the tarot cards and it's like why they're super fun (laughs) they're amazing and it's they're messages what's your problem right but for those of us that grew up like that and don't have a free mind about it tell us what they are what's the difference and and um and how you use these gifts to offer people support and guidance yeah so um Basically, card readings of any sort, whether it's tarot or oracle, um, they're just a tool, a spiritual tool or an energetic tool. And I use them um, as a way, an easy way to tap into someone else's energy. Um, So basically, when I pull a card, it gives me a really clear um, avenue in so that I can get like these these downloads about where they are or whatever they're like inquiring about. And I can... um, 
actually helps navigate that a little bit quicker. Um, some people have different avenues that they like to tap in with, but this is my favorite sort of tool to use. Okay. Um, yeah, and so the difference between a, a tarot deck and an oracle deck is that tarot has a very specific set of rules that it follows. Um, so there's the major arcana and the minor arcana. The major arcana are, if you think about it like a regular card of, uh, deck of cards, it's like the, um, the royal cards. It's like the major arcana. That's like the beginning. Okay. And then um, the minor arcana would be like the different suits. So that would be like um, hearts and spades and that, all that stuff. Okay. So in tarot, it's typically like wands, uh, pentacles, cups, and swords. And they can kind of vary depending on the grouping, but they all kind of mean something um, different and they all represent an element of the earth. And um, so that would be like, you know, fire, earth, um, air, and water. Okay. And um, with that, they follow a set of rules that you have to kind of follow within the tarot deck. And I prefer oracle cards because Oracle cards have less rules, and uh, being a triple yes. Aquarius, <laughs> I like less rules. <laughs> um, and I really like the fact that, like, when an artist or an author makes their own deck, they can kind of create the world of Oracle that they want to live in. So one of my favorite decks is called the Sacred Rebel deck, and every mm -hmm. single card is um, a different kind of rebel. And I like that because it's like, I really love the artwork, but I also love the construct around it um, and that, you know, like there's freedom for the author to create their own sort of like Oracle universe yeah. that you can live in. Yeah. You're the creator um, of your own. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I basically do readings. Um, I do readings as a, as a one-off service, but I also like to do them uh, with all of my clients, whether you're a branding client or a shadow alchemy client or anything kind of in between. Um, it's just a really fun way for me to tap in. And I think it's really fun for clients too, to kind of just like see their world out on a, on a spread. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I've loved it when you've done mind readings. They're so on point yeah, that's and encouraging. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. This is so cool. So where can people find you for either intuitive branding or shadow alchemy or a card reading? Yeah. You have... Uh, um, so, go ahead. No? Tell us your webpage. Tell us your handles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, on Instagram, you can find me as magic.talon. Um, and my name is spelled K-A-L-L-A-N. Okay. And um, so that's my Instagram handle. And then my website is... Um, gobyuniverse.com and that's um, spelled g-o-b-e-y-o-u-n-i-v-e-r-s-e.com um, so my tagline is go be you yes yeah and yeah. I love that I've I mean you've been a great support to me and also realizing like yeah why am I doing this programming stuff for <laughs> right um, <laughs> so I'm very grateful for you and all the work that you're Thank doing you. in the universe yes thank you so much for for jumping on here and telling us a little bit about you and uh, what you do. Before we leave, can you have, can you give us like a word of love and wisdom to the world? Like what would you leave us with today? 
Um, I think my biggest word of wisdom uh, for anyone listening is just go for it. Uh, whether that's in self-expression or making the leap career-wise or going after something that you want, whatever it is, like always just go for it because the journey that lies ahead um, when you when you give something your all is always, always, always worth it. Yes, yes. Thank you. That's great. That's a wonderful message. Um, Callan, thank you so much for jumping on here. And thank you, everybody, for joining us on Tales of Recovery. We will see you next time. Thank you so much. This was super fun. Yes.